Somebody come get them. Hello and welcome to Tools for TikTok. We have an amazing guest today. Her name is Steph and she's friends with Catalina from Austin. I actually was convinced that they met each other on BFF Bumble Friendship. It's literally not what it's called. Bumble. <laughs> what is it called? Bumble BFF Bumble Friendship. But anyway, they didn't meet on Bumble. They met IRL through our friend Ashley. Steph runs a social media account of one of the largest grocery chains in the U.S. Welcome, Steph. How are you? Hi. Um, I'm not exaggerating when I say this is the honor and privilege of my lifetime to be here. <laughs> I've been waiting. Every time you post a clip, I'm like, hello, when's it my yeah. turn? And here I am. So thank you just so much for having me. You're welcome. And Catalina, can you actually explain how you met Steph? Yeah, we met through a friend. I don't think that part is interesting. I think that her grocer expertise is interesting. She's our local grocer. She's just bringing us the knowledge when it comes to filling your cart on the daily. And for that, we thank her. And so I'm really excited to have my grocery friend here with us today. Thanks, Steph. Of course. Well, I think the interesting part about meeting Catalina is that it was kind of like a blind date setup. And it's the best blind date. It's the only blind date I've ever been on, but the best one for sure. Uh, I don't think that's actually true. And I know that to be a fact. <laughs> I mean, we <laughs> became friends like right away. So I think it worked out pretty well, unless I have a completely different memory of it than you do. Oh, no, I'm saying I was referring to the blind date aspect. I know oh. for a fact you've been on another blind date. Okay, I'm trying to black that one out. I'm trying to black that one It's a Mexican restaurant that's now going out of business. So we'll get to that later if we have time. Yeah, yeah. Only if we have time. We really, we what we're here is for the hard hitting um, social media managerial talk. So I still thought it was more interesting when you lied to me and told me that you both <laughs> met on Bumble BFF. So I'm still upset by that. Steph, how would you build a social media presence on TikTok if you're a brand? Wow, that's a big hard hitting yeah, question. We're Dina, diving right we need, in. We're we diving right ball. in. Or a softball. No, Steph, I mean, like, how, would you I, I could, how much time do you have? Because I could go, I could rant about this for a while. Um, well, so we, the grocery brand that I work for, we launched on TikTok at the end of last year. And, you know, we thought we could just kind of work it into our existing strategy, repurpose assets that we were posting in other places, and quickly found out that that is not the case. Like that stuff does not work. Um, and so if I were to restart today in building out the strategy and team for the brand's TikTok that I work on, I would have dedicated resources um, because what does work is content that's related to trending sounds, trending topics. And so you have to have somebody that is literally manually scrolling their For You page constantly in order to be creating content that is going to work and that's going to resonate. Um, so that's my biggest takeaway. And currently that person is me and I'm just kind of like going rogue a little bit. Um, and you know what? It's working. Um, so my I... boss will be like, Oh, um, what's this piece of content I've never seen before. And I'm like, you can't say anything cause it has 600,000 views within, you know, 24 hours. Right. Um, so I think you have to be willing to experiment, get a little bit out of your comfort zone. Um, kind of have a little bit more fun than you probably would in Instagram and Facebook. I mean, the brand that I work on had like no brand personality whatsoever. So it's kind of like exploring what your sense of humor is, how you bring that to life. Um, because ultimately when you're being authentic and having fun, like that's really what's going to resonate. Sounds so cheesy and like cliche, but from my experience, it's, it's true. You know what videos I've seen that people um, really have success with is the big cat. Have you seen that? Where different companies have this like giant cat hovering over a building. I feel like anything that like appeals to the Gen Z, just like trash aesthetic. Yes. Really, really works. Have you seen the cat? Also, yes, I've seen the cat, but it's probably from, is it a cap cut template? I don't know what that means. Okay. So have you seen like Pedro Pascal, like the videos with him, like chewing on a sandwich? Oh, um, yeah. The, and then the video also with him 
and that other guy like looking at each other in the car. There's like a bunch of these templates that are all over the few page. And I come to find it's because um, ByteDance owns CapCut. So they're like pushing their own Whoa. app within the app. Um, okay, so I, used I did one not of the, know that. Yeah, either did I. Um, I learned that from my Gen Z intern. Thank God. Oh. Thank God for the Gen Zers, honestly. They're going to save us all. <laughs> Thank God. Um, so yeah, so I experimented with that using like, it was a template using a clip from The Walking Dead, which probably legal would have had a fit had I asked, but I just did it. And it got like 600,000 views within 24 hours. So wow. TikTok is definitely like prioritizing CapCut within the app. So, and it's pretty easy because the templates are there for you to use. Just what add were your you own selling? hair to it. Like Oreos, not or you know, like your well, grocery store's Oreos. <laughs> no, it's a certain cake that uh, the internet's favorite cake. I'll just leave it at that. You can probably oh, figure yum, out where yum, yum. Yeah. Mm -mm -mm. Mm -hmm. Cosmic brownies. Exactly. So I always wonder that you work for a big corporation and TikTok moves so fast, but obviously corporations have red tape. So you mentioned like you stop running things past your boss and you would just post it. Like what's that dynamic like? Well, um, if my boss is hearing this, um, I hope I don't get fired. Um, but sometimes you got to do what you got to do. So what we did prior to launching on TikTok is we met with our legal team um, because we didn't want to have to get their approval every time a trend came up because once yeah. something is trending, you have to move relatively quickly in order for it to still be relevant by the time you post something. And so we outlined like potential scenarios and identified like the moments in time where we would need to consult with them or get their approval. And so basically they, they were a lot more lenient than I expected. Um, a lot, a lot of things that you would think are high risk really aren't. And what's so something that's having... considered high risk for legal? Like, um, if we were to use a celebrity's likeness, likeness name, mm -hmm. um, face to like push a product, mm -hmm. um, something along those lines, especially if we're like not in partnership with them or we're not paying them to do something like it could, they, there's a potential that they could, um, you know, sue or send a letter of cease and desist. We also aren't using any copyrighted music because a lot of brands have gotten a big in one. big trouble for using copyrighted music. So um, I have yet to like sing a copy, like sing a copyrighted song as the sound. A lot of social media managers have done that, like when they can't <laughs> use the sound, so they just sing it themselves. So maybe one day I'll resort to that, but I haven't yet. But those are like high risk situations where there's like the potential for a major record label or celebrity to sue the company. So obviously I would not want to be responsible for that. That would be pretty embarrassing. And I don't have enough money to go toe to toe with Kesha, whatever label. Yeah. <laughs> um, I also feel like there's a lot of content generated with the brands on whether or not legal is going to get involved. Like that's what I'm mm -hmm. always seeing is like some brand talking about legal, getting mad at them for whatever they're doing. So maybe you should do that if you haven't yet. We like alluded to that. We did a dupe video. Mm. We during the dupe trend, we showcased products that were like dupes of other products, like Cheez Its and Coke. Um, but we had to bleep out the brand names. So instead of saying mm. Coke dupe, it was bleep dupe, and we gave a little shout out to Legal um, in the in the post copy. Like life is all about compromises. Hey, Legal team, because in order for us to move forward with that trend, like kind of speaking not ill but like calling out these other brands we couldn't actually say that have the name physically in the video how dare you speak ill of coke sometimes <laughs> it's what you gotta do for the views baby whatever it takes <laughs> wow <laughs> there's a trend you mentioned what is it cap cut cap cut mm -hmm. cap cap cut cap cut there's a trend now where people are using that and just saying like at 11.30 p.m., I will be eating my dinner at, or like some mundane thing. I have no idea where that started, but did brands start that? Did Gen Z start that? It's the oddest trend that I've seen. The, the first time I saw that used, and then I, I feel like it kind of evolved, but it was like this, because it's like really like, 
pumped up music and like the yeah. visuals like swirling around. And the first time I saw it used was like this woman announcing that she was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. Oh, no. It's like at 1130, I will be diagnosed with And then it like evolved into people talking about their plans. But the first time I saw it was like, I just got diagnosed with Alzheimer's. It's like this woman taking a selfie in the car and like pumped up like fist pumping music playing in the background. I was like, well, I guess, you know, when difficult situations are served in life, it's nice to be able to like make light out of it, you know? Yeah. That's always happening on TikTok. Always. So what are some of your favorite or least favorite brands? Like, you know, as a social media TikTok manager. Probably (laughs) Coca-Cola. Do they even have them? Like, not, I mostly watch the brands that I'm like, you're doing a good job. So like Olipop, first of all, I have a orange soda Olipop every day after work, and it's my favorite part of the day. Wow. Just going to throw that out there. If you haven't had the orange soda Olipop, I we haven't. are always I doing free advertising soda. on this podcast, man. Oh, man. <laughs> and I'm always talking pop. about weird drinks, too. Okay. <laughs> oh, I'm Currently, that. I'm drinking a strawberry lemonade spin drift, my fave. Not I don't know Maybe one day. Maybe, Maybe one, one Aspirational. Day. So what does Olipop do? So they have their own internal creators that are just dedicated to TikTok. Um, and so it's really great for a couple of reasons, one of which is like these faces become recognizable. They're they're like the personality of the brand on TikTok. Um, so you kind of get invested in them as people, but then also because there are these people that are dedicated to creating TikTok or content just for the platform, they're on top of every trend and just constantly pumping out videos. Um, so that's, I honestly, I have a close eye on them and they keep me in the loop for sure. I'm like, I probably wouldn't know half the trends if it wasn't for watching them. I feel like the Duolingo owl, the like, they're the most well They're like the OG of the brand personality TikTok success. That's an interesting one. Oh, Well, this went completely rogue. I mean, they're having a great old time. It put them on the map. Like now the social media manager is basically a a celebrity and an influencer in her own right. But like, I've seen brands try to emulate it and it's just like, Mm -hmm. it doesn't work like that. Like there's a way to have a personality on TikTok, but like, it's very obvious if you're trying to follow exactly in Duolingo's footsteps. And it's like, there's only one, there can only be one that can do it that way. So it's kind of like taking notes from what worked from Duolingo, which is like not being afraid to kind of like push the boundaries, being part of the community and understanding the trends and having a sense of humor, but like, let Duolingo be Duolingo because at this point it's too late. Like you missed the boat. Yeah. You're not going to be Duolingo. Just like figure out what your own personality is. And it, that's probably through people versus like a, a, you know, a spokes owl or like a, a spokes owl. Whatever, a mascot. Like a mascot. Yeah. yeah. I always like Ryan Air too, does a great job. Yes. But, and I feel like a lot of the other Oof. airlines are not trying to make emulate me fly them. fly Ryanair, that's for sure. <laughs> but that's also, that's a question I have because Ryanair's whole point is that they're like a dumpy airline. So their personality is sort of like crappy. But at what point does that, is that like bad for the brand? Even though they're getting views on TikTok, do you agree like Gen Z will still, it'll make Gen Z want to buy Ryanair tickets or something? I mean, being poor is going to make them want to buy Ryanair tickets. <laughs> Good point. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily like seek them out. Like an airline is a little bit riskier than like some of the other brand choices you can make. Like I'm scared of flying as it is. So if you're ad- like admitting that you're a dumpy airline, I'm probably going to have to pass. Like I'll like your video, but I probably won't buy a plane ticket for my next trip. But there's obviously other brands that are like, like, I think the brand that I work for, pers- you know, whatever brand that is, could it could be nice to be a little bit self-aware because there are certain things that people say about it all the time. Right. And I think, like, people would love to see us kind of, like, play into that. And I actually completely agree. I would yeah. die laughing. Yeah. Like, showcase an understanding. Like, we know. And, like, kind of, like, own it. Um, I think mm-hmm. that would get a lot of respect. Do um, it. Maybe I will. I have been going rogue, so who knows? Who knows what what's next for me? I highly encourage you to do it as someone who has absolutely nothing invested in this except for <laughs> wanting to be entertained. I'm so scared for whoever's gonna get a hold of this somehow. <laughs> well, a lot of people talk about Gap 
yes. and their TikTok strategy. I've seen a lot. I'm like on the marketing side of TikTok and there's always wow. people saying how bad that the Gap is doing. But a lot of people's points is there's so much red tape because Gap is like huge that they can't actually get approvals or go rogue. Like you're saying, you could like sort of go rogue, but the Gap really can't so people have just been shitting on them have you seen their their videos yes i saw a video the other day um because they mostly just repurpose like commercial like these highly like editorial yeah. right videos for tiktok and it's like it's not gonna work like and there's ways around red tape even if you can't like completely play into like some of the trends and things like that it's like somebody's got to figure out a different strategy because like people are watching them so at this point you could do something a little bit different and people would probably be more like into it but, yeah. i feel like this connects dina to what we were saying about which celebrities are good at tiktok and which celebrities aren't Ooh, good at tiktok and the whole yep. thing about tiktok is like it's not glossy it's not refined so yeah it's great for brands who can do like covert advertising that they don't have to pay for that if they could just like lean into the trends and not try to or have to stick with whatever i've never seen gap on tiktok so i guess that's not coming why are you seeking this out so no i'm the marketers are talking yeah. about how bad it is mm. and so i'm getting all the videos talking about how like gap just needs to do a better job at advertising on tiktok like, like it doesn't they don't understand it's fashion too there's like so many things that they could do mm. just they have so many like possibilities, they could, they could repurpose UGC even. I'm sure they get tagged in a ton of videos of people wearing What's um, their UGC? clothing. Like there's very small steps they could be taking to improve their TikTok. So Gap, if you're listening, just just yeah. start somewhere. You know, start Steph, small. What's, there's what's UGC? For you. What's UGC? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Marketing lingo, user-generated <laughs> content. <laughs> so they could license user-generated content yeah so they have to license yeah. it well i mean or it depends. pay the creator you can't just like take a creator's work and claim it as your own a lot of creators them. yeah a lot of creators these days definitely even if they're very small creators are expecting some kind of monetary exchange oh, for right. brands to use their content right. um but like target is an example if you look at their page like they definitely work with influencers so but they also use a lot of content that is just posted by smaller creators on tiktok um mm. because the amount of content that a brand has to put out in order to really build out like a successful presence it's like two to three videos a day oh my god which for most of these like very small internal teams is just not realistic so you kind of have to seek external resources for content creation as much as you can, which is why if there's millions of people creating content using your product, like you should be leveraging some of that just to kind of like fill your page. Are you as your grocer, are you as the grocer in the comments, leaving comments? I love watching like when like McDonald's comments on a video, is that you? We were doing that. I, my, my team has shrunk quite a bit. Um, mm. That's also a story for another time. But that's another thing about resources, because I think that's really important. Like one of the biggest things about being a brand on TikTok is being part of the community, not just in like the content that you create, but also showcasing that you're like interested or watching the same type of content that your fans are. So even if there's a video that has nothing to do with you, but it's going viral, like people love when the uh, unrelated brand shows up and comments on that piece of content. It shows like they're watching, they're active members of the community. They're using the platform like the same way that you are. Um, so that's definitely, and that's an easy way to just drive people to your page too. When you guys are doing that, are you on like a work cell phone or are you on like your laptop or are you on your personal cell phone? The right answer is <laughs> <laughs> that you're on your work cell phone, but um, I, I don't say don't it. know where mine is. <laughs> <laughs> I'll find it, I promise. Okay, but you're not like logging into like www.tiktok.com on your laptop and like writing, I don't know, that just sounds like a very funny way that people <laughs> would be I don't know if leaving. you can do that on the desktop. I mean, I yeah. have watched TikToks on my desktop. It's quite cool. Well, yes, you can watch, but I don't know if you can, can you comment? I don't I know. know. I've done it all on my phone. Hmm. My personal uh, phone. Wow. Oh, I'm uh -oh. crazy. <laughs> Catalina, what are some of your favorite brands on the talk? 
I don't like to endorse brands except if they're spindrift. Um, <laughs> honestly, I feel like if anything is happening to me on TikTok from a brand, it's not by choice. I don't like purposefully look at the brand. Sorry, sorry, Steph. So sorry. Well, you'll, you, I would say it's Steph. It's Steph's grocery store and Duolingo. Because I think that's it. Me? Yes, 1000%. I would never, I'm so sorry. I would probably follow, I don't, I don't even think I follow a single brand. Do you follow brands? Tina? I I love Sour Patch Kids. I think Um. they do an amazing job at like, to your point, Steph, of like commenting on random trends. And I'll always see their comment as like one of the top comments and they're funny. And then they have like the Sour Patch mascot and I think they're great. So I follow them. I truly, I would have to look through who I follow, but I know I explicitly follow Steph (laughs) and Duolingo and I think that's it. That's another thing I could go on about is like, why do people, people don't really follow on TikTok in the same way that they do on other platforms, which is interesting. So like, that's where the trolls really come out because nine times out of 10, like the majority of people that you're reaching with your content probably don't follow you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so you really have to think about that audience in a really different way than like what you're posting to Instagram, where the majority of people that are seeing your content, like have chosen to follow you. They love you. Mm-hmm. versus TikTok yeah. where it's like okay I am basically making a first impression almost every time I post something and so like what does that look like which is really just like a completely different way of thinking about content such a good yeah. point and here's a nerdy question so then what metrics are you sort of like graded on by your corporation is it views is it follows is it engagement yeah what do you what goals do you have to hit I mean and this was a big conversation when we first launched because the thing that organic social is uniquely set up to do is to drive engagement like if we're looking purely at views like that's something that paid media can triple quadruple what we're able to accomplish through organic social so on traditional platforms like instagram and facebook we're looking at engagement rate like are our fans interested in this content enough to either save share or comment on the post but on TikTok, if like, first of all, the engagement rate is much higher on TikTok than it is on the other channels. So you kind of like take that out of the equation. Like we already know that we're surpassing our benchmarks for engagement rate, but engagement rate doesn't really matter if no one's seen the piece of content. Reach mm-hmm. matters so much more on TikTok and is like a true, a true tell as to whether the piece of content is actually working and resonating versus engagement rate. Yeah. So we're definitely like, I would say for TikTok, reach is our number one metric, but we're, we're looking at engagement rate as well. But if something hasn't surpassed like our threshold for reach, then it was kind it's of a flop. flop. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, well, I could talk all I know. day about so. this. We have to have you back another time because we'll dive even deeper. I'm um, ready. we got to get to the trends. Let's go. So, all right. The first trend we must talk about is Taylor Swift's Eras tour? Um, I this have is one where quick Steph thought. Is shine. <laughs> I, yeah. I have I'm going to say Steph. one quick thought and then let you take it. <laughs> I have personally just been swiping away really quickly because I have tickets and I want to have a oh little flexing of her tickets. Okay, I'm sorry, I was not prepared yeah. for this. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so that's my hot take: is I don't want to see it. I want to be surprised. The oh, end. must, must be, nice. be nice. Wait, um, did you get Ticketmaster tickets? No, no, I slaved away on that damn queue and line for days. And then my savior, my friend Karen, came through. She got like the second chance tickets because she's like a super oh. fan. And I have one through her. So thanks, Karen. Mm. Well, what really happy for you. Sorry, Steph. I don't have Sorry, much more to say other than that. But um, yeah, tell me about your content experience for the Eras tour with TikTok. I mean... One thing is for sure, like I wanted to go since I knew this was happening, but like I must go and I will stop at almost nothing to go after seeing the content from the first two nights. Like I have to be there. Honestly, I would pay just to see the 10 minute version of All Too Well Live. Like I'm like honestly tearing up right now just about it. What's your willingness to pay? 
Um, 2000. I don't want to say it too loud because somebody's listening and. Oh, okay. I'm. <laughs> Blink Wait, like, twice you go above a thousand? No, I wouldn't go. No. Maybe. So my I'm... tickets cost like 550 or something like that, which is steep, but like That's they're pretty, pretty good seats too. My thought is like, this is a once in a lifetime experience. Totally. This is totally. like your favorite artist of all time doing a great, like literally a greatest hits tour. This will never yeah. happen again. This is our one chance to experience greatness. I think it'll happen again when Taylor's like 60 and I'll go yeah, then. But, uh, have you seen her? First of all, she looks incredible. Stunning. Legs are giving. Also the stamina. She's not going to be able to do 44 songs, three hours of music when she's 60. I mean, you know, there might be some medicine to help. At that time. Look, Mick Jagger's still going, Taylor Swift. I will also say I'm the opposite of Dina, and um, someone was doing a live stream on TikTok, so I just watched it for a while. See, me personally, I, and anyone can attest this, but I like, I do deep research prior to going to a concert. I look at all the set lists, I make a playlist, and I put that thing on repeat. I know the order of every song that this person's gonna play because I want to be able to scream along at the top of my lungs every last okay. lyric. Wow, this for is every where we concert? differ. Yes, for most. Because what? I love a surprise. Did I you do love that for not Old know what song is coming next? <laughs> <laughs> what is that? You know, I forgot. I forgot to put they a playlist together the for that one. They sing the song Wagon Wheel. Oh yeah, it's oh, currently South song. by Southwest in Austin. That's why. That's why Steph. That's why you're not a South by Southwest right now. You couldn't memorize all the songs and all I the playlists. Well, it's even going. Honestly, if I can't be singing along the whole time, it really improves the experience for me. You know. Right. I yeah. like. I like that. That brings us to a video that's been going viral from the Eras tour. It basically a girl. She's a Gen Zer was screaming at the top of her lungs during the concert. People asked her to like quiet down. Someone's like seven-year-old kid was getting scared because like it was just so shrieky and so loud. There's a creator uh, called at Tell the Bees who explains this behavior as the boomerfication of Gen Zers. So a lot of other people have talked about this, but I just wanted to like throw my two cents in about the way that Gen Z has this intense similarity with boomers, right? The boomerfication of Gen Z, where this video, the context, I'm not gonna like stitch or tag her because she is probably very young. She was at the Taylor tour a couple of nights ago and was shrieking at the top of her lungs and people around her were asking her to be quiet and she was like, no, because I spent my money, so I'm allowed to do whatever I want. And this sense of entitlement and something I've also seen in those videos with like sassy college professor responses when the professor is like, did you even read the syllabus? And people in the comments freak out like Gen Z or some people in Gen Z will say, I'm paying my money so how dare you speak to me like this or conversely here i'm paying my money so i'm allowed to act however i want and it's so interesting this like intense level of entitlement because i feel like we millennials didn't act like this at concerts like this is something that is so shocking to me because it's like you either go one of two ways right you say i paid my money so i'm allowed to behave however i want or you say we are living in a society with mutually agreed upon set of social norms and mores right like sociologically you understand that it, there's an appropriate way to behave when you're surrounded by people who also paid five hundred dollars or whatever but it's like your level of fun and comfort is superseding everyone else around you and it's so intense seeing this like stark divide in the comments right because people are freaking out in the comments of this girl's video and I mean, clearly, you know where I come down on the side of it, but it's just so crazy that Gen Z is supposed to be like enlightened and like moving us forward and being so progressive. But then when it comes to, I spent $200 on these tickets, so I'm going to act a fucking fool. Catalina, what do you think of this boomerfication of Gen Zers and this like concert etiquette behavior? I'm actually very against generalizations about generations. Mm. So... I actually saw this video and swiped away because I was like, I find this tiresome. And I think that when you shared the video, you thought that since I'm a professor, I would like that part I do, it does resonate with me. But my answer to this, this entire thing is it's kind of like people who get mad about free speech. You have the right to free speech. You don't have the right to no repercussions for your speech. 
So, okay, you can scream at a concert, but you don't have the right to scream at a concert without repercussions, right? And I don't think that's necessarily like exclusively a Gen Z thing. That's not a Gen Z behavior exclusively at all. I mean, it's definitely wrapped up in this like transactional dynamic. Like I paid for this, I have a right to scream. Sure, you could scream and people are gonna yell at you because they also paid for it. That's my opinion. What's your opinion? Well, I also think a new interesting dynamic is introduced because this girl was recording herself, right? Yeah, so it's and almost she like, posted the original video. Exactly. Yeah, so it's almost like they everybody wants to one up each other with these like that you saw it with the Harry Styles concert experience. It's like everybody wants to show that they're like the ultimate fan. I feel so like true. like there's no one that is as excited or as like knows every lyric the way that I do. So I feel like that really mm-hmm. plays into it too, where like that was extreme. Like mm-hmm. I'm talking, I'm screaming at the top of my lungs, but like, not like that. Like yeah. I don't know if that girl's mm-hmm. is she okay? Like somebody needs to check on her. <laughs> is she okay? Is they could like... also be doing it for the viral moment because it's yes, all about exactly. Like, yeah, that's yeah. what I think it is. Yeah. Like nothing, like, nothing's real anymore. So nothing's, true. Like, the, other, <laughs> the other viral video that I keep seeing on like every platform is the security guard dancing along and singing along. So have you seen that one? Yes. And you know, it really got me thinking, like, should I volunteer if yes. I can't get a ticket? Yes. <laughs> should I volunteer to be security at a Taylor Swift concert? Okay. There's some problems in your plan. First of all, <laughs> I think that they're paid employees. Yeah. I think you might have a better chance at becoming like one of those ticket checkers who like mm-hmm. stands throughout the stadium. So you're not necessarily like, you don't have the stature of a bouncer. <laughs> you didn't see this video but she was like in in probably i don't i don't want to age her but she was on the older older end of what you think a security guard would be so i think steph could be a security guard mm. yeah i mean okay. chase your dreams you can be That's whatever you ageism. want to be what? okay um towards steph <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't ageism. It was sizeism. Sizeism. I also think that there's like other routes that she could take. Like she could learn how to operate a light. She could learn sign language and be like the viral sign mm. language interpreter. Oh, I could see Steph doing. That. You know, yeah. I don't know if I have like, enough time to like learn an entire new language, but um... okay. But if you can learn an entire set list and memorize the set list, mm, just learn it in true. sign language. I also feel like this is a really good platform to beg and plead anyone who's listening that has an extra <laughs> ticket to send it to me. <laughs> How far would you fly? On it, to the ends of the earth, honestly. Wow. I have to I have to go. We'll get you there. We'll get on a yacht this year and we'll get stuff to the Eras tour. This is our manifestation. Dreams are coming through. Lucky girl syndrome is real exactly and there's i've been on some tiktok apparently there's like aries is moving into some moon and jupiter and pluto something's happening at the end of march so the stars will align for you so like according in a good way to or is, is this like a mercury retrograde moment no no no, it's not all the like astrological tiktok i've seen say it's like all like good energy we're okay. gonna be getting so good thank god happen. Anything us. else with the Eras tour? I just feel like it's really bringing everyone together. Like Laura Dern was spotted at a show. JJ Watts went and he made this yeah. whole video about like how incredible Taylor Swift is. And I just I, like if it's what the world needs right now. Is Do Taylor you think Swift. that those celebrities bought waited in the Ticketmaster queue? <laughs> Absolutely I mean, not. obviously not. So that's why I don't even want to engage with this because I don't want to know how those people got their tickets. Laura Dern was not in that Ticketmaster queue. I mean, maybe her assistant was. I was going to say, there's a world where maybe her assistant waited. Yeah, maybe, possibly. So and that's... I don't I don't even want to see the people enjoying that concert. I don't want to okay. see it. But you know who it's not bringing together is that screaming girl who apparently really needs to be checked on. She's she's wishing her the best. Apart, wishing her all the best. To the screaming girl. <laughs> that just reminds me when I was younger, I was on a plane and I didn't think people could hear me when I made a sound if my lips were closed. So I just kept going. 
<laughs> Were you training to be a ventriloquist? Until <laughs> someone, some guy was like, can you chill the fuck out? And I was mortified. I legitimately thought if my lips were closed, no one could How old me. were you? Probably like five. It's a good experiment. It was a terrible experience. <laughs> oh, and Very she sad. chilled out for the rest of her life. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we could check on me and the screaming girl because we're both unwell. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to another trend that's on my For You page is doctor match day videos. And they're very emotional and very moving. And I like could care less about doctors getting matched. I'm not in that world. But it's fun to see like people are like living out their dreams and getting matched at a school. Let's day. explain so, what that is from our limited understanding of what it is. Oh, I don't know. Steph, have you seen these videos? So I've I have a similar type of content on my for you page, which is flight attendants getting their like their location. Ooh, Ryanair. Ryanair. I don't get those. So I think it's I've kind of similar. Probably not vein. as emotional as the doctors, but still like the same kind of thing where there's a big reveal at the end. So match day for doctors is like they're when they're residents and they're told like where they're gonna be as a resident. Like what hospital? And what specialization, right? I'm asking, I'm asking. I, I, I believe it. Yeah, okay. apparently <laughs> when you're a resident, you rank the hospitals that you want to oh. be matched at. And so it's you finding out like which one you got placed at. What would you rank as your number one hospital? That's a terrible <laughs> question. <laughs> like, I've never thought about it. What's Listen, a hospital the you've hospital been to that you liked? Yeah. Oh my God. Speaking of Grey's Anatomy, Katherine Heigl has joined TikTok this oh, month. Oh, I didn't see wow. that. She's actually pretty good at it. And all the comments are just like, Dr. Izzy Stevens here, and everyone's loving it. Love that. Wow. Check it out. Yeah. What hospital would you like to be? I would probably at? pick, well, you got to pick based on location, yeah. or are you picking based on prestige? I guess this, these are what these people have to juggle, which is yeah. why it's so emotional. Yeah. You would know this as a professor. You can't, You don't have like a match day. No, we like... just have years and years of horrific cycles of interviews. It's been different. <laughs> <laughs> There's a few less jobs. <laughs> I wish. I like when people, when I was looking for a job, would just be like, why don't you just apply to blank university? And I'd be like, yeah, that's how it works. But I don't want to bore you with that. Let's continue. Well, is this is this kind of like the adult version of Bama Rush talk, if you think about it? Oh, my God. You're so right. It, it is, but it happens so it's quicker because these are mm. all one-off videos. Bama Rush was so great because you got to know these girls over the yeah. week. But the match, <laughs> I just see, like, all these one-offs, and it's just What do you think crying. is more of a process, Rush Week or medical school? Mm, wow. that's a great question it's probably like pretty much on par yeah. you know yeah i mean those girls part. treat it like medical school i know those outfits very precise do you guys like the videos that people take of themselves when they're opening up their college acceptance letters very similar vibes to the match day i saw i don't one... like the i feel like they're flexing i can't swipe away because i need to know so there was a guy i just watched this today who was opening up the mit acceptance and the mom was standing in the back and at the end he didn't get in so it was such a letdown mm. but like i needed to wait to see because i feel like you i yeah i've only seen when they get in and it's like a very nice emotional moment the whole family's there i like that i like a happy ending I just feel like maybe some of these things we don't need to put on the internet. Like that's one thing that I feel like I don't need. I, I think we have these intimate looks into people's lives all the time. And that's one where I'm like, mm, I don't care enough. I think we're too far gone. Yeah, I know. Like, I know. They do well. That's why they're on there. Yeah. Like, you just can't look away sometimes. You want to know. And people just love a reveal. Like, yeah. Yeah. I could literally watch hours of people opening mystery toys. Mm, oh, mm, mm, mm. Or that, like, like that, like, color stuff where they, like, cut it. It's, like, ASMR, and they're, like, what color is it going to be? And like, then they oh, cut yeah. it. I need mm -hmm. to know. I need to know how it ends. Yeah, yeah. I like the ones where the people react to the colors that are being cut open, mm. and they're, like, purple, and it's not purple or something. I don't know. It's yeah. dark. The, the holes that we get into are a little dark. <laughs> 
<laughs> like I'm watching you react to someone else learn what color this piece of clay is. You just really can't spend too much time thinking about it because like everything's fake, nothing's real, like nothing makes sense. So yes. it's so true. Just keep doing you. You know. Speaking of of dark, this this next trend gets gets real dark, and it's an audio trend of the Dimitri voicemail. And it okay first started trending in 2022. There's like a New York Post article about it, and basically someone put the caption like, "This is what dating in your 40s looks like," and it's this guy leaving this horrendous voicemail. I'll play it. It's Dimitri calling again, the guy from the street. I left you a message several days ago. I don't like leaving second messages, but I like you. You're a very elegant woman. You're very attractive, but I don't play that game. So here's how it's going to work. If I do not receive a phone call back from you by 3 o'clock Thursday afternoon, I'm no longer interested. I'm very intelligent. I'm great in bed. I make great money. Believe it or not, I'm a complete catch. Matter of fact, I'm one of the few men in the city that has nothing wrong with him. Now, I understand if you've got other issues i don't know maybe you were abused in childhood wait so this is like a real voicemail yeah that somebody received it's a real voicemail and now it's trending again because daughters are playing it for their fathers and the fathers are thinking that like the daughters actually got this voicemail so like you see the father's reaction and it's supposed to be funny but these like really disturb me I don't, I would not want to put like my dad through that. I, I know. Like, Where so does scary. it end? Yeah. I was also kind of surprised in one of the ones that you sent me that I was watching that the only thing that the dad had a reaction to was when he was like in the voicemail speculating about the girl's childhood. I feel like, well, first of all, I don't know if my dad would ever have the expected reaction that one would think to anything. <laughs> Papa um, would, I think. <laughs> Oh gosh, I think he'd just be like, well, what is this? <laughs> what? Well, he'd be like, who is this? Why are they calling you? <laughs> I wouldn't actually hear any of it because he'd be asking so many questions. <laughs> so true. That's true. He'd be like, what did he say? <laughs> yeah, I don't know, dude. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't really, I, that trend has not come across my page. Not to come across my page. And... <laughs> nah, and uh i don't want it to come across my page it did come across the original time it did um yeah i don't remember it the original time yeah i just i'm getting it's just like the dude's a pickup artist Mm. or something i don't know it's dark i don't like it it's giving serial killer vibes Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's troubling also isn't it supposed to be in new york city I think so. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, all the worst dating is in New York City, so, you know. That's true. Well, (laughs) I mean, imagine. Probably not. (laughs) You meet somebody on the street, you know? You probably just, maybe she gave him her number just to be nice because he was like, he bombarded her in the street. Yeah. And then you see that message. Have you ever met someone in the street who asked you for your phone number? Mm, I met somebody in a um, parking lot, and that's how I lost my virginity. In the parking lot that that same day, not in the parking. <laughs> That's excellent. Oh, oh my god! Number. Imagine. <laughs> Just, hey, can I have your number? Wow! I love that we transitioned from like me talking about my job and being really professional to then you're like ECGs you or whatever the whatever UCGs. that UCGs UCGs UGC. Would you say that that person you met had some user-generated content for you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. Anyway, that's not going to make it. (laughs) Oh, yeah, for sure. We're not editing that out. This transition's going to be weird, but let's talk about anti-eye rubbing TikTok videos. (laughs) Have you guys seen any of these? No. no, I've been very busy the last week and I feel like okay. I haven't been like as deep on TikTok as I normally am. Mm. So I haven't seen an anti rub eye rubbing video, but <laughs> please tell me about it because I probably need to be instructed on this. I don't know. It's some ophthalmologist telling me that you shouldn't like, you know, when you if I have an itch, I'm like getting in there. I'm rubbing the eyelid like that. My eyeballs moving around. 
she showed what an x-ray or mri look like of when you do it and basically it just like moves around your cornea moves around it's really bad for you there's too much that i can't do because of tiktok like yes. q-tips you didn't know you about know, q-tips that was that. that's like, like taylor's oldest time it's just worse when i watch tiktok videos and they like literally tell me a q-tip is going to cause my death yeah, or rubbing my eye. At you and there's like really big flashing words like, don't do this. Yeah. Like I, as a hypochondriac, like I'm constantly worried about multiple things that don't actually exist. And TikTok just adds to my repertoire of things I have to worry about constantly. Right. Exactly. It's because it's like the overconsumption of information at all times. But Dina, you're calling this a trend. I don't think it's a trend. I think it's a it's, single video you saw that resonated with you. <laughs> it's a movement. No. The She's trend. like, this trend on TikTok, I'm rubbing videos. Every ophthalmologist is making a video. Okay, I see the greater trend is like what Steph was saying. It's just getting bombarded by things not to do and these like little quick hits of information to scare you. And then there's always like contradictions like certain right. people are saying you should do this and certain people are saying you're yeah. not and it's like what is true what is like you need oh, to corroborate your sources i know and you need to seek expert opinions that are peer reviewed which Good is advice. why if you're seeing health advice on tiktok take your little butt off tiktok <laughs> and go read an academic journal article or a selection of academic journal articles that's definitely what everyone on tiktok wants I'm to hear like, i'm so easily influenced and there's certain people that just speak with such conviction and seem to know so much that you're like there's no way that's how misinformation true. spreads <laughs> it's it's really oh dangerous God. for impressionable minds like mine. Ashley was also obsessed like with mine. conspiracy theories. This is how misinformation spreads, my friends. But that's the problem with TikTok is because it's so digestible and it just, it's in your face. And I feel like, like I got maybe two eye rubbing videos, but I, it was like so jarring to me that... Yeah it like really stayed in the in the front of my mind well also because you're not sitting here googling like is eye rubbing bad for me like this is something that you would never have thought probably about. thought of. i mean i think about it a lot i've had a lot of like eye rubbing experiences you have <laughs> with like spicy things on my fingers oh. and then i like touch my eye or my nose or another orifice or your butthole and tell that then story. It, you can go I'm... there you can go there <laughs> yeah tell them the spicy butthole story um once upon a time i was me <laughs> this I is like too old for tiktok after dark mm, i was making a, what was it nick at night <laughs> i didn't have i didn't have that because i didn't have cable anyway i was, was making me. a ceviche and i was cutting a habanero and i um made the ceviche whatever left it to marinate and then I was like, okay, I'm going to take a shower. And so I did. And in the process, I touched my butthole. <laughs> Biggest mistake she I ever made. I was washing it. And, you know, biggest mistake I've ever made. And also I had this like mark on my chest. I burned my skin. And then I had to like, I was just trying to use everything. I tried to use conditioner. I tried to use milk. Cause you know how you like drink milk. So I was trying to like sit on milk. Wait, can we pause? Well, Did you bath. pour milk Actually, in your butthole? Is it a milk well, bath, a real thing? in it. I mean, that would require, I would have to have someone come and like help me do that. No, I like sort of like, splashed there was a you splash milk in your sure yeah so i should do a video warning people uh, not to touch their buttholes with i was gonna say fingers. just gonna say this is so, a good cautionary tale yeah and yeah. The, the all the comments would be like never knew i had to worry about this problem <laughs> <laughs> well they're always like new not anxiety unlocked yeah yeah new anxiety um, unlocked. steph if i tried to do that to like sell habaneros at your grocery store would legal would that be it sell habanero <laughs> i just broke my jade roller oh, I'm well, fidgeting i thought with that it. was like an iud so if do you think legal would would say no 
Well, I'm not sure that's like the best method of selling jalapenos. Because you like, I said, it caused you habanero. harm to your body. <laughs> like, maybe you talk about how good the ceviche was. Yeah. And you Note about the butthole part. Don't hire Catalina happen. in any form of marketing. We could Why save not? this. There's there's a part of the story there that could be used to sell jalapenos. I feel like it's like on infomercials. Part, when isn't like, it? opening a cupboard and all the Tupperwares fall on your face and that's all in black and white and then it's like bloop. you know how infomercials work where they have like the before the product and then the after the product we'll talk about it but it's the after the product the burning butthole <laughs> yeah exactly well like, I guess that right. the product you might be selling would be like cutting gloves like mm. gloves to protect okay. your finger. There you go. Yeah. Now I think you're we can talking about this a little bit. I think yeah. we're getting somewhere. Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> All right. Moving on. Uh, creator spotlight. Okay. We talked about Octopus Lover last week, but Steph is also a fan. He's at 1.4 so, million. Just checked it this afternoon. 1.4 million. Steph, what are your thoughts on Octopus Lover? I mean, found a niche and just really capitalized on it. And it, like one of those brilliant niches where like the content ideas are coming from people, like he doesn't even really have to think about it. So like it's so easy to just continue to create content around it. Um, and yeah, he's already hanging out with other celebrity TikTokers. Like Ooh. he had lunch with, uh, what's her name? Boss Town, what's her name? Girl, Bo Girl, Girl Boss, Boss Town. Town. Oh yeah. yeah, I love her, yeah. Um, and also he's like he is his cousin is Sophia Richie's fiance. Fun fact. Because I, I went back. I was like going through the archives on this page and he's like hanging out in this mansion making dancing videos with Sophia Richie. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. So like he already has his celebrity ties, but like So he's not too far from the Kardashians. Exactly. It all That's goes that. back to the Kardashians. Wow. Yeah, he, and now he's like really branching out, right? Because he he's done his whole thing with like recreating um, moments in history as they would happen in modern day. But he's also created this dance, which I don't know if you've seen it, but like Charlie D'Amelio did it, a bunch of other popular YouTubers. So he's like, he's very versatile. Did you just say YouTubers? Did I say YouTubers? Yeah. Wow, I just aged myself. Wow. <laughs> TikTokers. Oh my God, how embarrassing. <laughs> Too old for TikTok. This makes me think a little bit about when TikTok creators become famous and how their content changes when they're famous. Because mm -hmm. I'm thinking about like the OG ones like Addison Ray, Charlie D'Amelio. Where is folks. Addison Rae? Is she okay? She's like, they just get rich and they start pursuing other avenues. Or I'm even thinking of that girl, um, Lady Efron. Yeah. She like started a podcast. I don't know. I feel like they, some of them, their content becomes either all ads. Like when you go to Charlie D'Amelio's TikTok now, it's just like all ads and like glossy things that she's not making herself. So it kind of goes away from being this like um organic sort of crude production and i lose interest and then you go like where is addison ray i don't know i don't even know if she's like fully moved on from tiktok probably well, not <laughs> we've heard all the stories about how these creators are getting nothing from like the tiktok creator fund so mm -hmm, once yeah. that's no longer their like most lucrative form of income and they're they've had these other outlets they're like TikTok becomes secondary and they pop in every now and then to like maintain their relevancy on the platform but they're mm -hmm. they're getting their bag elsewhere mm -hmm. exactly. I just don't want octopus lover to get his bag differently I know it'll be interesting it's always interesting to see their journey you know yeah yeah it is I feel he's like allowed to grow though he is it's a funnel for TV show talent, actors. Like Addison Rae was in the movie, uh, what, She's All That? Is it? Yeah, is that a the movie? classic film. Yeah. Classic, classic, timeless. Film. Criterion oh, collection. I'm mean, glad to see her at the Oscars this year, honestly, for that performance. <laughs> Will she be at the She Met didn't Gala? win? Was she nominated for a Razzie? <laughs> Maybe. I will say I was surprised by how much I enjoyed that watch. Same. 
I mean, if you think about it, like that was her probably her first time ever attempting to act. She was not the most surprising part of that movie. The most surprising part of that movie was product placement. That movie oh, had yeah, some of the right. most aggressive product placement I've ever seen. But for like and then Pizza have... Hut. <laughs> I wonder if it did anything for them. Like, would love to see the case study coming out of that. Like, did they see an increase of sales after the movie came out? Would love to know. Would love to know. Pizza Hut, lettuce. Know. I don't actually. I think it might have been Domino's, but it was like one or KFC. I don't know. I don't know. Can't remember. Well, clearly it didn't work on me. But <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oh, but then Charlie D'Amelio did, like, her TV show, too. Right. So you're right. They just move off TikTok and, like, pop back in because they are just making their money elsewhere. And also, there's, like, this hierarchy of, I think, TikTok celebrities are looked down upon oh, versus, sure. like, a Brad Pitt, a Jennifer Aniston. So, like, if you get your yes, start... Yes, Dina. Yeah. No, but I'm I just think saying... I correct. <laughs> but, but now, to become a celebrity you have to have a following. That's what people are looking at. So it's like the reframing of the celebrity because of TikTok. Well, that's really interesting because you know Chris Olsen? Yes. The TikToker? Like celebrities, I feel like, are hanging out with him so that they can grow their TikTok presence like Megan Trainor. I think... Exactly. I think he was hired by them. I think that he like is very explicitly. Yeah. For sure. Explicitly, yeah. And they're like... He's in the news because... Megan Trainer has a brother. Did you see this scandal? And he I don't was know like, what to believe. He was basically making out with Megan Trainer's brother, or not making out. Like there was a video of them kissing, and then Chris Olsen became famous on TikTok because he was dating another TikTok creator. The same time Chris Olsen was like maybe kissing Megan Trainer's brother, the ex posted a video crying oh. over a croissant. So people were reading into that as like he was crying because his ex has found someone else. But then he posted, the guy was like, I was just literally making a funny video crying over a croissant because the croissant was so good, not because of my ex. But then I'm also confused as, as to whether this is a real thing or not, because there's whenever Megan talks about her brother and trying to find someone for him to date, he always talks about finding him a girlfriend. Right, exactly. I don't think Chris Olsen is actually dating. I think it was like a made up scandal and it caused like a lot of publicity, which is what they want. But then the whole Chris Olsen X, and I can't think of his name, the whole croissant crying thing. It was like like, Ian, isn't it? Ian, yeah, Ian Padgett or something like that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, that was, I mean, TikTok drama at its finest. It's so refreshing to be with other TikTok adults that like know and understand all these trends and these characters because there's very few people in my life that I can talk about all these things with. That's what we're here for it. Too old for TikTok. Maybe that's what we actually I feel at home. I feel at home here. We're support group, really. I mean, in my daily life, I frequently reference TikToks to like my colleagues. I actually don't at my job. If I talk about TikTok, people look at me like I'm deranged. Well, I just have to put a little academic spin on it. Like trying to explain TikTok trends to people that are not on TikTok, it's very difficult. It's honestly an art form. Yes, or even drama because it's like a it's like a celebrity. It's like celebrity drama, but then also with the trends where it's like it's a version of this trend, which is actually like quoting this other trend and you don't know the gen like couch couch girl couch that guy. whole trend couch guy Who's couch girl is there a couch I girl we don't know? i was thinking of the girl in that story mm. so that's why i, I said but like, there were like all the couch girl video couch now couch i'm just guy. saying it, it all right. the couch guy videos that weren't the original video and then you have to find the original video mm. so. simpler times simpler times when couch guy was trying I wonder yeah. how they're doing. I know. I wonder. I want a retrospective. I wonder how West Ham Caleb is doing. I we need it. <gasps> we need an in memoriam. Where are they now? We do need a where are they now? Mm-hmm. See, that's content I would watch. Hell yeah. Because people yeah. always tag like in the comments they're like, somebody like let me know when like the next part of this video or like yes. the follow up <laughs> is posted. So like I think this is the content that people want. I agree. I just remember in like the year 2019 when my when our friend Nat was the only person oh my mine and Steph's friend Nat in Austin was the only person I knew who had TikTok and it was musically at that time though it right? was basically yeah. musically 
he's like the last person you would expect to be like ahead of his time. He was so <laughs> ahead of his time. He was on TikTok because the last app that he really wanted us to use was called Me, where it was like a Sims universe. Or, oh, and so, so I was like, ugh, this is just another me thing. And of course I downloaded it. And now TikTok, you know, I'm on a podcast about it. So Nat, respect to Nat. Look, you were creating the type of content that now people get famous off of on TikTok, on Instagram, for, like years ago. Me, so what are you wearing? So what are you wearing content? I know. You are truly a pioneer. I'm just too lazy to like actually create content is the thing. It's really a skill. I mean, your career is all about creating content. Yeah. And I, there was a point in my life where I was like manifesting. I was looking for a new job. I really wanted to work at TikTok. And so I was like manifesting a job at TikTok. And I was like, okay, I'm going to make a TikTok for my own personal page every day. And I just like couldn't do it because I, overthought everything so much because it's when it's you it's so much different than when you're creating content like for a brand when it's like your yeah. face and people are gonna like it your whole success is based on whether people like you or not mm-hmm. that's just Scary. too stressful for me I couldn't actually do it I gave there's up there's trolls there's trolls out yeah, there yeah there's that, trolls it's hard. you have to have such thick skin yeah just if I if I ever became like into t- I mean I wouldn't do it now but if I ever did TikTok the way that I would do it would be like the most low bar version possible and then it would have to be like some luck of the algorithm that that brought me a following I just don't have it in me I don't have it in me that's what I did with the elite TikTok account that got like 50,000 oh followers because it was so niche so I but just that's like, too much that's still too much effort it was definitely too much effort and I you're really a natural though but no, no, it was terrifying. And there were definitely some trolls. But really, the most overwhelming comment I got was that I look like Darcy Carden. I think I'm pronouncing her name. The Janet from The Good Place. Mm-hmm. Everyone was just oh, like, are you not am. Janet from The Good Place? I'm like, all right, I'll take it. I can, I see I can, do, it. I see I can it live you. with that. Should we do our next creator um, spotlight? Yeah, next creator spotlight, Myra Magdalene. Catalina, you sent me this. Uh, yeah, I just came across this girl's video yesterday and I was shook by her entire page. Um, she does like get ready, like getting dressed videos. Um, but it's, I have a hard time explaining it because, okay, I'll just tell you the one that I saw was she had gotten in the mail this giant set of scuba diving goggles that she was calling a bra i guess it was a bra like i think it actually is a or she, or she's an artist and she makes the stuff i need to investigate no, she more. did an unboxing i watched she it. did she yeah did. but i mean so you could make it, it and put it in a box okay miss dina this is for the content dina okay true um and so she puts this on and then she has this like trop like this like nautical outfit on and then she has these flippers and she attaches the flippers to her skirt to make like a skirt with flippers and then she also like glues a plastic flipper to her face and she's like this is the look and all of her videos are like this and i saw one that was her apartment tour she was like i'm in my bathroom this is where i do my videos and it's just keyboards like glued on the walls and then she goes into her bedroom and she has this bed she made out of like that looks like a giant shell kind of like in the little mermaid (laughs) i don't know i i haven't i can't quite explain what it is so is that her vibe like it's a nautical vibe or that outfit was just like it just happened to coincide with the shell, I think. I think her vibe is that she likes wearing items that you she does get ready videos with clothes that you wouldn't consider clothes, but they're not quite costumes. Like she has just like comically large scissors or something that she's wearing as a shirt. But she's not she's doing it in a very serious manner. So I'm like, does she go outside like this? I don't know. Does she join it a certain aesthetic? You know how like there's cottage core or like grandma, coastal grandma. I feel like she's creating an aesthetic all to her own, but I don't even, what would you call it? Like 
everyday household items as clothes aesthetic. <laughs> like, what? I mean, that was always my favorite episode of Project Runway. Yes. Where they had yeah. to make outfits out of like unusual objects. There you go. She I always, every she, season. She says she's a designer. That's all she hmm. says. But like, you know, there's another video and she's just wearing what looks like pillows. It's very resourceful. It's kind of know, like worn art. Yeah. Re- and it's like you can wear these things and then repurpose them and use them as they're intended. Um, But the thing is, I don't think um, that she's reusing. I think that she's <laughs> making a lot of things with found objects or really fully like creative objects. Like there's a video where she's dressed sort of as a radish and she has these radishes, like not real radishes, like fake i don't know it's you gotta check her out she's really interesting yeah i think it's i i think it's art i don't think it's actually fashion i think she's just showcasing her fashion art but i don't think she's maybe positioning herself as a fashion designer maybe she is i don't know but then this other creator griffin maxwell brooks who i really like who's about to graduate from princeton they're like a queer fashion club aesthetic creator um they did a video that was a tribute to her where they were like okay i'm getting ready like inspired by myra magdalene and they just put on this like they wrapped this like copper tube around their torso and had a paint bucket and they were like i'm ready (laughs) (laughs) So, so i went down a real rabbit hole on that one well great that's a good uh creator spotlight to end at I have a plug for Steph. Oh, what is it? If anyone out there has tickets to the Eras Tour, yes, please contact us. I'll be so fun. I'm really gonna like add to your experience if you have an extra ticket and you want to bring me along. Or I'll just sing with you. Her. I'll dance with you. I'll come in full costume. We will have the time of our lives. And, and obviously, she... I'll pay you for the ticket, unless you want to gift it to me. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, so this has been such a pleasure. Thank you very much. And thank you, Catalina, as always. Thank you, Dina, as always. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I hope I hope I'm invited back. You will be. Yeah. Bye. Bye.